What started as a question, God, you created marriage, can you make it work? Soon became a statement, God, you created marriage, you can make it work. Thank you for joining us on the Christian Family Life Podcast, where we get into the good, the bad, and the ugly in our marriage relationships and mind God's word to see what it has to say about it. Welcome to another episode of the Christian Family Life Podcast. Roland here with my wife, Tammy. Hey, y'all. Along with Gio and Susie Arena. Hello there. Como están? <laughs> We've got a tremendous topic that we want to get into today, and so we want to get right to it. Hey, but don't worry. You keep doing what you're doing, whether it's cleaning the house, you're on a drive, you're working out. Thank you for tuning in. And if you just want to sit there and listen, that's fine too. There's no rules. No that, rules. That's true. Thank you. Thank you for inserting that. That is true. Is that what you do, Tammy? <laughs> Why do I got to be doing something? Some... Married to this guy. <laughs> I don't think that's the topic. <laughs> that is another show all on its own. We have been talking about the reasons that marriages fail, identifying six of them, not an exhaustive list, but rather a jump off point to mm -hmm. discuss some of the challenges that we face in our marriage. And they don't have to fail. Our marriages can thrive. And we've identified that marriages fail not only because people divorce and go their separate ways, but sometimes we just stay together. And we don't experience all that God has for our marriage. Uh, we looked at differing backgrounds. And by the way, as I mentioned these, feel free to go back if you haven't listened to those podcasts and where we expand on how each one of them are significant and really how we can move away from these so that our marriages thrive and not simply survive or in many cases fail altogether. Differing backgrounds, the 50-50 mentality that's taken in the marriage selfishness, mm. which sits in the middle intentionally because it drives and is at the root of many of these, a fantasy view of love. Uh, and then our last episode, we dealt with an inability to cope with life's trials. Today, we talk about how marriages fail because of a lack of a vital relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. We can really consider two different categories here as we dive into this. Number one, maybe you're listening to the podcast and you've never given your heart and life to Jesus. Mm -hmm. It would give us no greater joy. It would obviously give the Lord no greater joy than for the Holy Spirit in this moment to reveal to you that because of your sin, we are separated from the God that created us who desires a relationship with us and that he made a way through his son, Jesus. God so loved the world that he gave his son, that whoever will believe in him, put their faith and trust in him, doesn't perish or will not perish, but has everlasting life. And until we reconcile our own life to the Lord, we're going to find it difficult to reconcile with anybody else. Mm -hmm. But then the other category, which is probably where at least Christian family life encounters the majority of couples is they have a relationship with Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. but have really not seen the impact or the, the, the corollary, to use a fancy mathematical word, that our relationship with Christ has to all vertical relationships beginning with our marriage. Yeah, and when you mentioned that, Roland, I think it's important, and this is in the book, um, our To Becoming One resource, 
the uh, you guys write in here, inviting Jesus to be your Savior and the Lord of your life is paramount to understanding the rest, not only of this book that we that's been written, but even what we're going to be talking about on these podcasts or when we counsel individuals, because all the prim- principles we discuss, they come from the Bible. They don't originate with us. And I often tell people when Susie and I are doing premarital or we're doing any kind of counseling is I know that in college we got in trouble. Well, you would get in trouble if you plagiarized. Wait, wait you say that like you never got in trouble. <laughs> it was an honest Sorry. mistake. Sorry. <laughs> um, I think the teacher had it out for me. I'm going to take it three times for mm-hmm. English class. But... Um, but for now, for us now, <laughs> we plagiarize the Bible all day long because mm-hmm. we're not that creative. We can't come up with this content Mm-mm. without the scriptures. And so I like that section in the book where it says that the success of your life and marriage begins only mm-hmm. with submission to the holy God who created you, knows you intimately, and knows how to provide a fulfilling life here on this earth and in eternity to come. And so it's to your point in regards to our our faith and our relationship with Jesus Christ, we're going to get only so far just doing it on our own, but the intimacy that we are expecting and what we desire from our spouse comes first from that intimacy that we have with Jesus. Yeah. And nobody goes into marriage wanting it to fail. Nobody goes into marriage wanting it to be mediocre. We go into marriage anticipating that it's going to be exciting, that it's going to thrive, that Mm -hmm. it's going to be one of the most fulfilling things that we get to enjoy. But but there are sacrifices to be made, and, and frankly, we, we have a lot to learn. And we look to God's Word. We begin with the wisdom that God's Word has to offer in, in the King James Version, not that we read the King James Version much anymore, uh, but I say that because in the King James Version, the word success is used one time, and it's found in Joshua chapter 1. And it says, and you'll have good success when you meditate on God's mm. word day and night. So that's really our jump off point is we want to look to God. We want to look to his word, gain wisdom from that to identify how do we make the covenant relationship of marriage, the most fulfilling relationship we have. And it begins by acknowledging that we were created by God to enjoy our relationship with him. I um, wanted to read from the To Be One book, and there's a. You, it says you can experience various degrees of intimacy with each other, physically, mentally, and emotionally, but only Jesus can bring life to your core inner yeah. being, your spirit. Apart from Jesus, you're living at a reduced level of intimacy in your marriage. According to the Apostle Paul, you are spiritually dead until you receive new life in Christ. Life at the spiritual level opens a vast reservoir of supernatural capabilities for love, forgiveness, and mercy. And I would just say amen to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I would agree, Tammy. Love, mm-hmm. forgiveness, and mercy. Mm-hmm. Three things that will cover a multitude of sins. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, go ahead. I just know that... Uh, A transformational moment was acknowledging what God's Word has to say about our marriage relationship and considering how a long time ago, Tammy and I both sensed not only as 
as believers wanting to give our heart and life to Jesus, but, but even vocationally, to be ambassadors full-time of the love and forgiveness that made such a difference in our lives, mm-hmm. that gives us the promise of heaven, that, that hope of eternity, and a, a life committed to being a follower, to being a disciple of Jesus. And how we enter into this covenant relationship and we found ourselves so focused on each other's differences that I think for a time we separated what our relationship with Jesus was like and thought, but surely that doesn't mean that the way that God loves me, that I'm supposed to love Tammy that way, or, or at least I just, I, it just didn't click. Mm-hmm. And I remember waking up one day thinking, here I am, I'm going to get up and I'm in vocational ministry, and I'm going to go share about God's unconditional love and forgiveness. I'm going to encourage those that have never experienced that love to open their heart to Jesus, believe in their heart, confess with their mouth, and then those that haven't, to to truly commit to being a fully devoted follower of Jesus. So here I am, I'm going to be an ambassador of that, (laughs) but I'm stepping over my wife to do that, Mm -hmm. to truly loving her unconditionally, to loving her, frankly, the way that the Bible tells me Mm -hmm. to love her, that I would be willing to give my life. And so I thought, I'm willing, to, I'm willing to give my life, but there's all these things prior to giving up my life that I probably would not mm-hmm. have been willing to do. And I just thought that that, that needs to change. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want Tammy to know that the same way God's mercies are new to me every morning, mm-hmm. that I can do the same thing with Tammy, whether they're perceived or, or, or their reality, what I was imposing on her that I wanted to love her that way so that my relationship with Jesus Christ would influence my horizontal relationships beginning with my marriage. Yeah. It's crazy how we can read the Bible in that <laughs> setting, Roland, and not think of our own home. I think we've mm-hmm. mentioned that before in this podcast. We don't even think of our own home when we're reading some of the things that we're reading. We're thinking about those that we're serving and ministering. And, and I'm speaking to us for here. I don't know how many people are listening are in um, in ministry, what we would consider full-time, but we're all in full-time ministry, but that's our, our vocation. But just reading those verses that you just quoted or other verses that we find in Philippians and, you know, giving to others more than you, you know, thinking of others more than you think of yourself. And my mind, and I think naturally goes to, okay, well, that means in my ministry. Mm-hmm. We forget that our first ministry is right there in the home with, with our spouses and Romans 12, too, always comes to mind because I think there's so much out there in our culture and in our world that is said that we justify why we do the things that we do, even in ministry, mm-hmm. where that verse in Romans 12, too, says, do not be conformed to this world, mm-hmm. uh, to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know and uh, know God's perfect and acceptable will for your life. And so... When we look at that, we we have to go to Scripture and read Scripture with the Holy Spirit empowering us to renew the way we think Mm -hmm. versus what we have been taught, what we have received. Um, And not that everything that we were taught was wrong. Um, I'm not saying that at all. But there are certain things that are out there that if you take a pause, you're like, hey, that doesn't really match up Mm -hmm. to the Word of God. That doesn't really match up to what I'm reading here. And so let me go back and let the Holy Spirit teach me what he wants to teach me. And I, t- I think it's interesting in that text where it says, uh, by the renewing of your mind, not your spouse's mind, 
not everybody else's mind. So it's not about you changing anybody else, but Lord, change me the way I view your word and how I translate that into my relationship starting with with Susie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was, um, I became a believer at four. And so that will make this year 46 don't do, years. Don't do it. I do. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of it. I'll proud. own it. I'll own it. It's the big five zero. Nothing um, wrong with that. <laughs> but 46 years and... I think we mention it we mention it all the time when we go through this curriculum. I've I've read that verse before. I've looked at that <laughs> passage. I'm familiar with the content of this and never really connected the dots in the fact that the Holy Spirit that resides within me empowers me to love in the marital relationship like God asks me to love. Mm-hmm. Do you, I think maybe, I, I know we've said it on here before, but one of the phrases you, you might have been talking about, I don't know, going out on a limb here was, mm-hmm. you know, God won't give us more than we can handle. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know there's, an, there's a facet of semantics within there. You, you with the Holy Spirit, what's implied, what's understood, but really he does do just that because he wants us to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to... Um, to accomplish those things. So in the end, he can get the glory for those. But but going through this material of two becoming one and just reading things that I had read multiple times before and just seeing them through the lens of, this is what allows me to love my spouse like God asks me to love my spouse because I can't do that on my own. Mm-hmm. I thought I could. Like I thought I was a, you know, I thought I was a strong person and what are the rules? Like I'm a very, I'm a very rule follower. What are the rules? How is this marriage supposed to work? And then just give me the checklist and I can do that. And it just doesn't work like that. It, Mm-mm. It is a daily surrender to the Holy Spirit and his power in your life mm-hmm. so that you can have victory. And I think for many years I looked to you, my spouse, mm-hmm. Gio, to do things for me that were never intended for him to do for me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the you complete me thought. And mm-hmm. there were just, I, and I don't know that I ever voiced those, but in my mind, mm-hmm. they were there. And really, to take that focus and turn it to the Lord and allow him to meet every single need that I could ever have and then in turn empower me to love mm-hmm. like he calls me to love. It's like taking these last five um podcast that we've done, the differing backgrounds, the 50-50 mentality, the selfishness, fantasy view of love, all those things that the world out here has told us, mm-hmm. you know, and even seeping into faith, right, into the Christian culture. And you and you take that and, and you're trying to take that and infuse it with God's word and the truth. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like saying, all right, I want the Bible to say what I want it to say. I don't want it to say exactly what it's saying, That's because right. if it says what I want it to say, it's a little bit easier on me. But it, what it does, it actually exposes you, right? And who likes to be exposed? We were talking before the podcast about uh, vulnerable, mm-hmm. being vulnerable and being open and, and how that's needed. But that vulnerability starts with our relationship with the Lord, just exposing all of that in front of him and saying, all right, I surrender everything, Lord. Mm-hmm. It's me and you, not me, Susie and you, but it's mm-hmm. me and you and just start working on my heart. And again, one of my favorite texts, and we've mentioned it here, where David said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me mm, and lead maybe. me in the way everlasting. That's good. You know, it, it, David's not saying, hey, Lord, I want to bring all this into the mix. Fix it. Figure it out so that I can keep what I 
want to keep. Mm-hmm. He's saying everything. I'm exposing it to you. And I want you to even reveal the things that I don't even know about myself. Yeah, we can be stubborn. Hmm. Um, we, can, we can kind of suppress what we know is the right thing because mm-hmm. we know that we're agreeing with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. If we let, let that be known, expose, like you said, bring that, bring that out. And I think um, to what you were saying, Suze, to surrender surrender to what the Lord has. And um, I remember there was a season in in my life that I was just so convinced that that Roland needed to be more of a spiritual leader in my life. And I remember thinking, you know, I would go to Bible study and I was very proud and in my thinking that I was, you know, and I remember just like feeling like exposing myself to God's word and realizing, you know, really just really reading it and not reading it to, to share, you know, to, to, to let him have it. Um, but really, really taking it in. But there was, um, this visual that, and the, uh, the woman's name is the author is Emily Barnes, and it was a book that somebody gave me, and I think it's something like Simple Steps to a Beautiful Home or something like that. And <laughs> and in that season of my life, I was all about making things more beautiful and making things, you know, really, really focusing. I was home all day. I had the kids home, and but I remember this visual of... And Lots of wallpaper, wallpaper borders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had to put yeah, it up on the stencils did. with he apples did. and painting apples. And, oh. Yeah, I remember the all apples. my seasons. Oh. I had sunflowers. You had sunflowers. <laughs> I had apples. Yes, um, but this visual of a and I think it's a set one of the wonders of the world. But it's a waterfall in Maui, Hawaii, and it has. It's called seven. It's called. I, I'm not sure if I'm saying this right, but Ohio Gulch. But it has it's it's also known as seven sacred pools where the water falls into into and it pulls into seven other areas. So it they have like they go down and then it keeps going. And I and that visual of whatever the Lord is doing in your heart Mm -hmm. that 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 you have your family, you have your husband, you have your kids that are benefiting from whatever he's showing you. Mm. And, um, and then the, the piece of sanctification. But I think, I think that the best relationship that God uses is in sanctifying us is, is our spouse. And God put Roland in my life for that reason, because I needed sanctifying. I was saved at the age of nine. But I was 25 and very stubborn in my way of doing things and very stubborn in my, my, um, my outlook, my perspective, and not really allowing um, our different perspectives to kind of make us better. You were, we were in that, you know, where we were con- constantly, what, is, <laughs> what does, I like to sparking. use the word done, sparking each <laughs> other like Don Meredith shares, that we were just sparking off each other. And then the parenting piece where we would do things completely, we, we thought differently about the parenting and how to handle this one child or, you know, this scenario that played out in the home. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think there comes a point where we take individual responsibility for mm-hmm. where we're going to draw to love unconditionally. 
We take individual responsibility for where we're going to draw in order to forgive. We take individual responsibility for where we're going to find fulfillment. And the only one that can provide all of that is Jesus. And when Jesus begins to provide that for us, then we can begin to provide that for others horizontally. Without a vertical relationship with Jesus, we have nowhere to draw from. That's right. And sometimes we've drawn from our relationship with Jesus and we check all the spiritual discipline boxes, but we don't necessarily put that into practice. Because how many people listening right now say, but you have no idea the background that I've navigated that makes it so difficult to love unconditionally, to forgive, to feel safe with anybody. You have no idea what I have to deal with in my home. And if, if our fulfillment, if unconditional love, if forgiveness depended on anything horizontally, mm. then we'd all be in the same place. Mm. Uh, we'd, we'd be pretty miserable. There might be glimpses of, of hope or glimpses of unity and relationship, but it won't take long before it falls short. And taking individual responsibility means no, no matter what's around me, I, I can't. Here's the thing is everything could be perfect around us. And because we're in a fallen world at some point, it, at some point it fails. Mm-hmm. And we, we have to look to the Lord and take individual responsibility. And part of that means that we stay tenderhearted. I think mm-hmm. that we get really hard-hearted. We get calloused because of the things that have happened in our life. Mm -hmm. And if we'll take our eyes off of it and we'll look to the Lord and, and every time there's a, every time the enemy throws a fiery dart and those fiery darts come, your, your spouse does that one thing that they know you've told them a hundred times. If you do that and you lose peace. And so all of a sudden you see, that's why I can't love that way. Really? Well, what happened to forgiving 70 times 7? Hmm. What happened to being tenderhearted? Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. And so when the fiery darts come our way that want to keep us from experiencing Hmm. unity in our marriage, oneness in our marriage, a marriage that thrives, what does Ephesians 6 say we do to quench the fiery darts? We take up the shield of faith That's right. because we don't have a performance-based relationship. We have a faith-based relationship. And so the shield of faith comes up and it quenches that fiery dart that when, when that thing that does bother me is shot my way, I'm going to immediately quench that thing with the shield of faith. And I'm going to love unconditionally and I'm going to forgive and I'm going to work through it, and I'm going to stay tenderhearted. And this is the this is the part of the podcast that we always like to insert. Hey, there are some legitimate toxic issues out there. There are some legitimate dysfunctions in relationship. There are legitimate unsafe situations that uh, people find themselves in. And we encourage you: d- don't go it alone. You're not alone. Uh, it's not a hopeless situation. There is hope. Uh, but don't go the average of seven years like many couples do mm. before you seek outside help. Go to your pastor, go to a mentor, uh, go to a counselor, go to a therapist and find the help that you need. But above all things, stay tenderhearted in that situation. Don't allow your heart to be hardened to feel like it's hopeless and that the only out you have is just to dissolve the marriage or to walk away. 
So we're going through a Bible study right now by uh, Christy McClellan. It's called Jesus and Women, and she uses a phrase in there, and it says to stare at God and glance at our own lives. Mm -hmm. When oftentimes we flip those two and we stare at our own lives, Mm -hmm. um, and, and specifically in this case, you know, our marriages, and we glance at God. But I think that when we flip that and we truly do stare at God, and what does that mean? Spend time with him, spend time in his word. You know, there's a, there's a, today our, our topic is having a, not having a vital relationship. Just a relationship is not sufficient, a vital Mm -hmm. relationship. And how do you do that? By doing those things. Spending time in his word is the main way. Mm -hmm. Community is excellent. Um, Worship music is awesome. Um, I I love and enjoy all of those things, but none of them are a replacement for spending time in his word. And then I think it's kind of like that, that relationship when you do stare at God and glance at your own life, the more time you spend in his word, it isn't, it's a funny thing. It's like the more that you know, the more you realize you have to learn. And I think it's the same way in your marriage relationship. It isn't let me learn, learn, learn so I can master it. Because if you're truly learning um, how to love your spouse unconditionally, it never changes. Like you never, you never master that because mm-hmm. your spouse is continually changing. You are continually changing. And so it's just this ongoing journey that if you're hoping there's a destination, I, I figured it out. I know how to do it now. I got this down. Mm-hmm. I think that's where Satan wants you. You know, you become, right. you become complacent, but if you are, you know, staring at God mm-hmm. and his word and daily, we go back to that submitting to the Holy Spirit, but of learning how to love your spouse like God has called you to, it's just, it's a journey. It's not a destination, I don't think. Well, in James, it says, be a, not only be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of it as well. And it's the application of it, it's the practicing of it. You know, when you think, well, I was just thinking of that, Susan, when you said staring at God and, and kind of getting in there and really doing the, the work to get to know him and not to check a box off to say, mm-hmm. well, I did my Bible study today, but really trying to find it out. Like, man, I really want to know what he is telling me today. Um, there's a level of vulnerability that comes with that because, and we don't, ha- we, we don't have that much time, but Rona, if you could quickly, you shared with us before the podcast, a quick definition of vulnerability. Yeah. Vulnerability comes from a Latin word that means wounding yeah. or to wound. Mm-hmm. And we don't like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and But if we're not willing to open ourselves up to the Lord because of our sin, there's going to be that initial hurt there of, man, I've hurt the Lord and I've done wrong. But then there's redemption that comes with that, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's a freedom that we experience in Christ. And that's where the joy comes in. And so as, as, a, um, as a believer, I can experience happiness from circumstances, but I can... S- certainly experience fulfillment and joy through Christ, no matter of the circumstance. And I think that's what we really want to to drive home today mm-hmm. is that vulnerability of opening up, even though we're scared to do that, starting off with the Lord and then letting that spill over into your relationship. Because one of the phrases we do use is the naked and unashamed idea. Be mm-hmm. open and vulnerable in your home so that you can share with each other, which means... Sometimes it, it hurts. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes yeah, absolutely. I know this is a tough one, but what if the greatest expression mm. of how close and intimate we are with the Lord uh, was reflected by the countenance of our spouse? Mm-hmm. 
And shouldn't our spouse, our children, those closest to us be the first benefactors mm. of an intimate relationship that we have with Jesus? And I, w- I would add one more thing with, with all that. I think that we need time is really time together. You, you got to find you got to find a time in the day where you are spiritually encouraging each other and you know because that you know when i sh- when i had, when our time was in the morning when we would have our coffee and that meant we had to get up really early um to not have any any uh, interruptions mm-hmm. but that's if that if that's one thing that i would encourage is find time no you can't we don't have time is not is not the answer I'm sorry, that's an excuse. We have time for what we want mm-hmm. to spend time on. But carve out time and spend it and be intentional about mm-hmm. spiritually uplifting each other because what's amazing is when you are the Lord shows you something, you share it with your spouse and it and it's and it's he brings something else, you know, and it's almost like it just makes it even better and it enriches it and and I think that that when you when you share that you have you take that time um you're the better for it i mean i think that that's where and then and then all the other areas intimacy um and parenting you you just you're more team you know instead Mm -hmm. of two separate people trying to figure this out on their own and not looking to each other Mm -hmm. yeah and if you say this you say you don't have time then there's things that need to be eliminated because there's some things that we just we need to make the time for uh investing in our life spiritually We've got to prioritize that. Yeah. Investing in our relationship with one another and taking time to do that, we've, we've got to do that. Mm-hmm. So good. So well, good. that's the end of this podcast, and we have, <laughs> I feel like we can go on and on. <laughs> Maybe we'll spill this one over to next week. We don't know. Um, we're not going to tell you, so you can come back and listen to the next podcast. But thank you for joining us, and uh, we look forward to uh, future podcasts and coming into your home to share some of these awesome truths that we are learning, and we'd love to share with you when it comes to our marriage relationship. God created marriage. You can make it work. You can make it work. Thank you for tuning in to the Christian Family Life Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. To learn more about the ministry, visit our website, christianfamilylife.com. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter and find all of our social media links where we offer resources to help strengthen your marriage. Until next time, remember, God created marriage. He can make it work.